Hey friends, what's up? I'm J.F. Hicks, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Creators Podcast here on sportscreatorspodcast.com. Now you know the show. If you're new to it, this is where I sit down with the world's top sports creators, thought leaders, and do everything in my power to unlock their brains to help you live your very best in hobby, career, and life. This episode is going to rock your world. The reason why this episode rocks is because of my guest today, Britt Davis, a star in the sports creatives world, senior graphic designer at AMB Sports and Entertainment, which owns and operates the Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta United, and the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Now, Britt and I have known each other for several years. Of course, we get into her incredible design career, she didn't start out in the sports creative industry. We take a deep dive into how Britt made her plan for her portfolio, career moves, making transitions, and developing mentors and relationships. She is a supremely talented designer with an accomplished portfolio of projects that I couldn't begin to do justice to in this short intro. You might be sitting there thinking, I'm not a designer, not sure if I want to listen. The wisdom that Britt unpacks in this episode is great for everyone. It transcends job title, whether you're in college, 10 years into a career, thinking of a job change or career change, or living in your parents' basement trying to figure it out. Britt works with incredible brands and has a stunning body of passion projects. I feel grateful to tap into the experience and wisdom that she's learned from her community. That includes supporters, mentors, friends, and she's built an impressive career in life. Sometimes it's easy to miss the forest for the trees. This episode is a good opportunity to step back, look at your career, and the relationships in your life. Britt dropped some serious dimes. I'm excited for you to hear our conversation. And with that, I'll get out the way. Hey, Britt, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. I tell you what, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to our conversation. You and I have been talking about this interview for a minute, and we've had some roadblocks and issues, but one of the things that, that's so cool is we're actually able to make this happen because I'm looking forward to talking with you. Listen, I'm super excited, and I'm, I'm glad we finally made it happen. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so one of the things that I love is talking about this business and the process of getting you know to where you are and where other people are in the industry. And so, you know, I love this thing. So if if you ask a room full of eight-year-olds, right, and you ask who wants to come here and draw a picture, every single hand probably goes up. Then if you ask the same question when they're like 12, I bet about 20% of the hands go up. And if you ask that same question when they're about 20, I bet you there's around four people in the room that go up and want to draw. So it's kind of frustrating, right? One of the reasons uh, is for uh, this podcast is really about creativity and helping people, you know, break through barriers. Um, would you put yourself into the camp that kind of blew through it all and you didn't pay attention to any of it, to society, to, to what people say, and that you've been someone who's always been wearing the, uh, the, the role or title of designer as a badge throughout your process? Um, probably not designer. I probably just thought more, um, cause I don't really know what a designer was like that word I've heard of, but just, you know, it was more so like artists, you know, you hear more about like, um, 
artist, like growing up and, you know, the starving artist or, you know, a painter or, you know, it was kind of a restrictive view. So, you know, I didn't really wear the badge of actual designer until probably like later. And then honestly being in it and not really realizing I was a designer, you know, at the time. So um, not always is it really defined badge, but I think that broader scope of, you know, visuals, creativity, um, and all that comes with it, that bad, yes. Yeah, no, that's totally cool. And, and one of the things, everyone that sits in this chair, that sits down and, and we have a conversation, I ask them, right? Like, everyone is, is wearing a lot of hats in this industry, right? Like, blogger, podcaster, designer, uh, videographer. So I ask, like, how do you self-identify? When you go to a party, you're in Atlanta, people say, Britt, what do you do? How do you answer that? I mean, it's, I really, because sometimes I don't want to engage too much because it's open up too much and they start asking me uh, questions more so about where I work versus what I do. So I, I usually just say I'm, I'm a designer. And if they lean in, you know, I'll give them a little bit. But I usually keep it really simple. Um, I just say designer. Sometimes I might say designer um, within sports. Um, but unless they really engage with me, I, I keep it, you know, pretty pretty impersonal pretty you know mysterious i guess um uh, but on social you know obviously like with that platform you know my bio and everything it, you know says exactly you know where i work and what i do um because i you know i, I can control that space a little bit better versus kind of getting locked into a, a conversation um you know when i really you know only want to engage for you know a, a minute or two but kind of opening up to you know, I work at this exact place. I work for, you know, the, the Falcons, you know, for Atlanta United. Then, you know, um, uh, that's when all the, the oohs and ahs, which is co- it's cool, it's great, you know, and but sometimes you just don't really have time to en- engage or you just know exactly how the conversation is going to go with, have you met Julio Jones, you know, Matt Ryan? Or if they're a, 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 a sad fan or a frustrated fan, what are they doing up there? Can you tell them this and tell them that? And so it's Sometimes, you know, depending on where I am, um, I try not to open myself up too much to it, you know, in the personal space, but um, in the social space, you know, when people ask, you know, if I have, I can jump in and out of the conversation through direct messages or tweets or whatever. So, um, right. I, I keep it pretty simple. Yeah. Well, it, as I was saying earlier, really look forward to this conversation. And one of the things uh, that I've been looking forward to is that uh, what's been insanely inspiring about you is a your the start. You know, one of the things that so many people think that are watched from afar is that the start just happens, right? Mm-hmm. And that you're you're shot out of a cannon. But one of the things I know and, and, and many other creatives know um, who make a, a living doing what they love is you hear what I kind of like to call the ten thousand hours or years of toiling, right? Before you before your work really starts to get out there, before your work starts appearing in and around Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta's Tell us about your first job as a student worker. What did you learn in that environment? And what was your timeline or process of getting prepared for graduation while you were still in school? Um, so, like, fortunately, you know, for me, I, I got a lot of hands-on experience, like, really early. So I was, like, a student designer at uh, North Carolina State uh, while I was an undergrad. And um, I kind of got that job through a, uh, a design contest for um, – one of our big campus events is called Pan-African Festival um, that we have every spring. Um, so they've done a, a, done a t-shirt com- competition. And um, once I uh, did that competition, uh, the department that actually sponsored the event 
um, their designer, she was graduating and, you know, she kind of, uh, you know, pulled me aside and said, you know, um, you know, we really like the design that you did and, you know, we're going to have a position opening soon because, you know, I'm graduating and, you know, we would love for you to um, apply. And, you know, at this point, that T-shirt was one of the first big projects I had done like, that was that public facing. Like I had been doing like little flyers and templates and stuff on the side, but not with any real graphic design knowledge. So, you know, I really relied on like my um, my roommate, Ariana, who um, she was a graphic design major. Um, and I was an industrial design major, so there was but so much I knew. And so when I, you know, thought about taking this position, you know, I was like, well, you know, I might need to take some classes or kind of lean on her a little bit more just about layout and composition if I'm going to be doing more than just, uh, you know, a one-off T-shirt. Um, but uh, it was just a kind of a, a good way to just like a crash course of just jumping in and kind of getting my feet wet and kind of having some real-world experience on you know having clients and having um project briefs come in and kind of understanding my audience and tone of certain events like i wouldn't design a concert flyer the same way i would design a a book circle talk with you know one of the um organizations so um it was a really great introduction on just getting an idea of being able to happen to different personalities, you know, uh, of design and making sure I'm reading my audience right. And it ended up opening up, you know, a lot of doors, you know, you know, unbeknownst to me, but I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to graduate and do industrial design, but this job with this, um, with the campus organization, um, you know, exposed me to some people and projects and uh, a portfolio that kind of got me a job, um, you know, before, you know, I graduated. So it was like, a um, couple weeks before graduation, you know, I, you know, I had a job. So, um, right. You know, was, so, you, so let me stop you there. So you had a job several weeks before graduation, your senior year. Yep. Yep. So I, I graduated. Um, uh, I had applied for the jobs over um, like winter and spring break. So I kind of used those last few months of college to just kind of get my portfolio together. And, you know, I'm, I'm preparing like, an industrial design portfolio, but then also kind of preparing a graphic design portfolio now that it's kind of been opened up as an option to me. Um, and like, like I said, my all, my intention was, you know, I'm going to be focused on industrial design. So I'm, you know, my portfolio for industrial design was centered around like soft products, like sneakers and bags and um, jackets and, you know, uh, you know, equipment and, you know, more, more around the, the sports gear industry. So now I'm looking at like Nikes and, under Armour and, you know, Reebok and Puma and all these places. And then, you know, um, just kind of talk to talking to advisors and, and not my parents, you know, just thinking, oh, well, you know, you could, you could, if you don't find a job, you could always like freelance from home. And I'm like, well, right. that's an option, but you know, I didn't want that. But then it just got me thinking, right. well, if I could freelance from home, why couldn't I like work within office or in-house, you know, doing this stuff. So kind of preparing a graphic design portfolio, um, and applying within some of these same companies, but just for different positions. Um, and then even kind of you know, working outside of some of the companies that I wanted to work for. And just because, you know, it's hard to get into, you know, those, some of those places. And then right. thinking about, well, I'm working on a college campus. And after kind of traveling with that um, that campus organization, uh, um, Union, Ac- Union Activities Board, um, we went to this uh, conference called ACUI, the Association of College Unions uh, International, 
and they had a design um, competition where you can kind of showcase your work from, from students and professionals. And um, I won a couple of awards there and kind of met some people from our region um, at UNC Charlotte. And um, they had an opening. So, you know, I was able to kind of utilize that network and that reconnect um, and then com- them remembering me from that conference and just knowing that she already worked on a campus. You know, she worked within the specific department. She can kind of tackle all the things that we need. And, you know, we're building a new student union. So, you know, it seemed like, you know, the, the perfect fit. And then I brought some T-shirt samples. And I'm like, oh, my God, you can design T-shirts. This is great. So it just ended up, you know, uh, working, you know, just working out. Just it lined up, you know, with a lot of grace and favor just fell into place. And, you know, I was ready. So um, it, it was it was a really uh, amazing lineup of an opportunity um, and ended up just working out really well. Okay, I want to talk about one key thing. So you were a student in North Carolina State. What would like so when you had your your uh, portfolio, I want to break this down for for students maybe who are listening or people who are preparing their portfolio. How long did you start bef- uh, in, in preparation uh, for your for your portfolio uh, before you needed it to be ready? And then what was that process? Did you have people look at it? You know, walk us through that. Um. Well. For me, like, I'm a planner. Like, I, I start, I like making lists, and I like to uh, plan. So I start pretty early. Um, and What's, what's pretty that, early? So like, how long I, is that? I started building a portfolio, like, my sophomore year. Like, thinking about wow. portfolio quality work. Now, that doesn't mean everything that I did sophomore year made into the final. But I was just right. very conscious of how the work in my portfolio um, at each point could live and you know, take me to the next level. So a lot of the stuff that I did have in there my sophomore year uh, in preparation for, you know, the ultimate you know, goal of graduation, um, most of it didn't make it into the final cut, but just having something on hand so that if an opportunity came available, you know, I was ready. Because the last thing I wanted to do is, you know, a big opportunity come my way, be it my sophomore, junior year, and just not being ready and then, like, missing the opportunity. Um, so I always wanted to, um, um, be ready, you know, like, uh, I actually, I have a tattoo like on my arm, a, a Dinka symbol, an African symbol, and basically the, the loose translation for the culture translation is like, stay ready. So you ain't got to get ready, but that's right. kind of always been right. kind of like my, my mindset. Um, Absolutely. and so even if it was like one or two, like really good projects, because I was kind of showcasing process and then the final, and then in a lot of cases, especially on the industrial design side, a prototype, um, you know, it felt like there was something strong enough to, to have. And then I might sprinkle in like, Hey, I did this club flyer. And at the time, you know, it was stuff I was proud of because, you know, stuff that I did on my own, but looking back at it and even, uh, you know, fast forward and applying to SCAD, they'd be like, yeah, don't put that in your portfolio. So, um, but it's still, you know, it's still like I had a foundation. So it was just a matter of, you know, selecting stuff or, you know, showcasing a little bit more of that or, you know, this project is strong, but, you know, add a little bit more um, background to it or show a few more um, renderings of it. Uh, So it's like not starting from scratch, but just having something that I can always be building on. Okay. So, you are you're obviously at NC State. Ended up getting a job at uh, University of North Carolina at Charlotte. What was that time frame uh, in terms of landing the job? And and talk to us about the interviewing process. 
Um, so I think with UNC Charlotte, I applied, I know it was during a break. So I want to say it was during like spring break. I interviewed with them, which was like maybe like early March. I think it was like early March. Um, I went, um, I went to Charlotte. It was like an all day interview. Um, so, and I think I probably had applied with them, uh, maybe like in mid February. Um, so just a couple weeks had gone by and, you know, uh, I, I heard back from them and kind of, once I heard back about the interview, um, opportunity, then, you know, just going through refining the portfolio again. So, you know, I obviously submitted a portfolio PDF for them to, to look at, but then thinking about, okay, the portfolio that I take with me, cause I know I'll be meeting with other people who had not seen the portfolio. So I had like a little, um, a version of it on my, uh, my iPad. And um, then I brought like actual um, hard copies of some stuff. Like I brought some um, some prints and some like t-shirts, uh, just to, just to have it to add to the you know to the effect. Um, and I think once I did the interview, um, you know, it's, you know, traditional courtesy, just followed up with a thank you, um, you know, to re um, show my interest uh, with the their marketing director who uh, who conducted the interview. And then I think like maybe after a week and a half, I just sent a follow up. Um, again, just to you know get get an idea of the process because I'm at the same time you know I'm preparing for graduation and you know trying to figure out you know am I going back home after graduation? Am I going to be living in a city? It's like it's a really exciting time, but it's also like terrifying because you're preparing to throw yourself out into the world. But it's all kind of hanging on where am I going to end up landing this this first job? Um, so um, they contacted me. Uh, the crazy thing, so I had an, uh, an internship, a class credit internship, my last semester um, with the government agency. And on my last day of that internship, which was like April, like twenty, this is like a week from so like April twenty. Or something. It was like finals week. Um, I was going into the building to check in for my internship my last day, and they called, you know, Charlie called and was like, we proud to offer you the job. So I was like, basically all the stuff that I had to do that day in my internship, I couldn't, you know, focus because I was so excited. So, and I'm calling my mom, my grandma, I'm telling them, and then I met up with my roommate later that night, and I told them we, like, celebrated because it's like, you know, I'm finished with my exams, I've turned to my final project, it's the last day of my internship, and then it's like, boom, you know, I have a job. So now it's like, oh, I have a job, uh, I'm moving to Charlotte, I got to figure out, you know, where am I going to live, and all these other things that kind of come with that. So, you know, graduation was um, May 9th, 2009, and after, so graduation that Saturday, and my job was going to be, like, the following Monday. So I had a week between graduation and my first day you know, on a job. So um, it was kind of a, you know, a mad dash. But with that first job, it was no big deal. Because it's not like I don't have furniture. You know, I don't really have stuff to move. So, you know, I just need to find a place to live. Um, so I kind of spent that week in between um, learning a little bit about the area. And, you know, fortunately, I have family and friends in Charlotte. So um, kind of used them as a resource and then just went down with my mom, my grandma to uh, to look at places. And, um, yeah, once I got kind of settled in, um, 
you know, started the job and then, you know, I was there six years. So it was just a good, it was like probably, I mean, I've heard stories about, you know, people transitioning from college to the real world, being the logistics of it or the emotional parts of it or, you know, whatnot. But it was probably one of the most smooth processes in the sense of everything just kind of not just worked out, but I think a lot of it was just preparation and, you know, being ready. Um, mentally, um, mature-wise, being ready, um, financially, you know, just kind of being ready, you know, like what, you know, how much money I need to have in place, you know, for the first month's rent and then, you know, getting paid, you know, thinking about all that stuff. And, um, you know, a lot of that preparation insight, you know, again, I always credit my uh, my family, uh, you know, for that, you know, just helped me kind of stay um, focused. And then because I'm the oldest, you know, this is new for everybody. So, um, you know, the advice and the tips and stuff that they're giving me, you know, when they were in school, you know, it was a little bit different. You know, they're trying to help me prepare for now. So, and I was trying to take as much advice as, as I could. But it was it was definitely smooth, but it's still, you know, a mad dash. It's just things happening so fast. So there's no room to kind of, like, really mess up. So, you know, you just have to have so much stuff in place, um, you know, things that you want to think about. Um so that when that moment comes, you know, you just be ready to go, you know, and ready to be focused on work and not stressing about, you know, how am I going to pay my rent this month, this first month before I get my first check, or where am I going to get furniture? It's like, you know, if I had a place, I had an air mattress, I had my little TV, and I knew it was going so that's all I really needed. Right. That's all you needed. Yes, yeah, all I needed at the time, and then as I kind of, you know, months went by and it's okay this month I'm going to focus on a bedroom set and then next month I'm going to focus on you know some furniture and fortunately they had just built an Ikea like 10 minutes down from where I was living so it was like perfect so went got my furniture and you know by the end of the summer you know somewhat furnished apartment um so it was you know it was good it was just again preparations right all right so just to recap uh, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And so just bringing up the speed now. So now you're at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte uh, at this point, right? Not in the sports world, but you're designing. What technical and soft skills did you learn from being on that part of the campus? And, and uh, what are some of the skills you still use today and that have helped you along the way? What really, I think the soft skills is like working with people. So in studio, you know, it's pretty much like when you're in school, you know, you're most of the time you're working with yourself and your client, you know, to say you're basically a professor, um, you know, so, you know, you're, you're focused on, okay, my professor gave me this task and you know, my job is to kind of, um, you know, learn, you know, from it, but, you know, focus on the, the, the goals at hand based on this project. So, you know, getting to UNC Charlotte, um, one of the, the things that was, you know, probably the most, um, the best part about the job was because it was a new department, um, you know, they, they were creating um, uh, their student union division. So um, student union and activities was a brand new department on campus. And it, it was that the core of it was this brand new student union, you know, they were uh, building. So it was still under construction when I, when I came on board. And so, you know, we're building out campaigns for the launch of this, this building, for the grand opening, um, branding and identity systems for the different organizations that were going to be living in this building, um, you know, looking at uh, 
just the structure of how our team is going to be set up. It was like so many things. So it was like, I'm learning how to manage. I'm learning how to interact with uh, all these different clients who are like, you know, directors and deans and, um, you know, presidents and chancellors and vice chancellors, like all these big people. I'm sitting at tables with them and I'm offering insight. And, you know, um, and one thing I had to learn was, I can't always use design speak. I have to figure out how to explain it to the client in a way that they understand, in a way that um, they feel that their voice is being heard. And, you know, like, so calling back to this sentence or term was in the brief, how do I bring that term out when talking to them about their project so they know that, you know, I'm hitting on it. Like, I could say the same thing in a different way and design, but they're not going to get it. And if they don't get it, then, you know, they could, your whole design could be disregarded. So just trying to make sure, you know, I'm speaking on their level. So that was like a big skill to. So, so really kind of getting away from using industry jargon talk that we may talk and use as colleagues and really speaking to them in a way that they understand. Yes, exactly. And the, the, the best thing is like my, uh, my director, you know, she could have totally just said, you know, well, as a marketing director, I can, you know, you can design it and I can present it, but she was very big on making sure, you know, I was, if not presenting the own, my own stuff, that I was uh, present um, so that if she was presenting it just because, you know, she's better communicating, um, at, you know, at that time for me, um, I can actually see how it should be done. But then also to lean on me if there was something that she may have missed or just something she wanted me to expand upon, you know, as the designer, like what was I thinking? Um, but it's helping me stay mindful about, you know, how it's presented. Um, who we're speaking to, um, uh, you know, being professional, being, you know, on on time with deadlines, how to manage deadlines, managing multiple projects. Um, and then I'm kind of progressed. Um, you know, I'm getting to manage people. You know, I had, like, several interns. And, you know, that was new because uh, a lot of the, you know, I'm fresh out of school, and, you know, some of the students that I'm working with, if they're not, my age or a year younger, they might be a few years older, you know, especially if some of them were, you know, non-traditional students. So, like, kind of trying to step up and think about, okay, you know, I have to set an example, you know, in the sense of um, this student is working with me and, you know, if they, if they're late or if they say they're going to be here and then they cancel abruptly, you know, it, it's my job to kind of figure out how do I communicate with them, you know, that's not cool. Um, even in all the while, while I'm still young, and that's a struggle for me, you know, to, you know, get there, you know, uh, consistently, you know, on time because I was up late the night before, you know, thinking that I can work a job and stay up late watching TV or <laughs> right. whatever stuff. Like, you know, there's this thing called adulting and responsibility that yep. I'm still trying yep. to, you know, figure out. So it was just can't, can't, other, can't burn the can't burn the candle at both ends. That's exactly right. You know, so I learned that yeah. you know you know pretty quick. But um, there were times that I was like you know say you know forget it. I'm 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 going all out. It's just going up on a Tuesday, and I don't want to miss this party. I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go do it, and I'll, I'll pay for it later. And then um, just quickly learn and like yeah that just that, that just wasn't wise because you know I have this meeting. I can't be sitting here slouched over in this meeting, tired or you know dozing off. So um, a lot of learning. Um, you know, just what my limits were, but then also just being mindful that, you know, I have people watching me now, um, from the students that I work with and even to, you know, higher ups, 
you know, watching me and my abilities, you know, and how that's going to determine um, my path and my future and, you know, how I can move up in, uh, in advance. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things is that people literally don't know, right? They think that that things happen overnight, like I said earlier. And there's people out there listening who think you go from, uh, who, who are trying to go from zero to one, uh, which means some of them don't even identify as creatives. They're trying to get there. They, they're not there yet. And then there's people who've been grinding for a long time. Um, and I, I have this philosophy. Sometimes you have to outlast the crap, right? So you're at, you're at Charlotte. And you get to the Atlanta Falcons and you get into the sports world. Who was instrumental in helping you get there? Um, God and my mama. Um, well, I'm not kidding, but that's true. But, like, in the sense of, like, the, the people in the industry, um, and I, and I, you know, if people have heard me, you know, interviews before, like, I always bring up uh, Todd Radom. Um, and, like, that, that squad, so it's, like, Todd Radom, TJ Harley, Fraser Davidson and uh, and Joe Bosek, like they, um, I met them at a conference um, at Creative South, um, like while I was in graduate school uh, at SCAD. And I had been following their work because the whole idea of when I decided that I really want to work in the sports industry, you know, I wanted to understand that aesthetic related to the this industry and sports and the logos and the print design and the, um, the, comp- the composite and all that stuff is like, I knew I would need to kind of follow the right people to understand, you know, the craft, but then also understand like what the industry expects. And these um, these gentlemen were the the ones whose not just their names, but their work kept coming up first. And so as I kept seeing the work, I tried to figure out like who is doing this work. And um, then they just happened to be at a conference that I was attending. So it was like, bam, again, just you know, things, the stars, um, and the favor just lining up. Um, and introducing, you know, going up to introduce myself to them with the push of my, my homie, um, Ade, um, who was actually, um, Every, everybody my, needs a homie like her, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like Ade, um, he, uh, he, he was like my hype man the whole weekend. And, um, he, 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 he's, he's always been like my hype man. And just like, he was the intern that I had, we were like, you know, a year or maybe two years apart. So we were just like buddies. But um, we're like always just hyping each other up and and, and still do. But he's like, just go go talk to him, you know, go talk to him. And I was kind of shy. Um, and then they had like this uh this panel, and then they the panel comprised of like a trivia contest. And like long story short, I won the contest, so I got to go on stage and actually like you know um, collect this. They had this bat that they had all signed, and they gave it to me. So um, but they were just really warm, really you know supportive, really cool. Uh, answered all my questions, and I got to. Again, you know, I always keep my portfolio on hand, so I had some samples of my work that I have been doing at SCAD and even some of the sports uh, integration stuff I was doing at UNC Charlotte working with um, athletics uh, as we were getting ready to um, uh, shift to football from basketball on, on, on homecoming because we just got a football team. So I showing them just a few samples that I had and how, you know, specifically calling out, like, I, I looked at this project that you did and, you know, it inspired this, and then I kind of, you know, took – this aspect of your project, you know, letting them know, like, you know, I was dissecting, I wasn't really trying to copy, but just trying to understand how these things are built. And um, reverse engineering. Yes, exactly. Um, Like how Riri Williams, you know, reverse engineered Iron Man suit. And he was like, okay, you can do that. You can keep the suit. You can be the next Iron Man. I was like, awesome. So, um, you know, I'm doing that. And that was in like April. And I was preparing to 
um, move up, um, take leave from UNC Charlotte and do an internship um, in New York with uh, with Viacom um, for their for Spike TV. And um, Todd lives in New York. And so he was like, you know, once you get up there, you know, please, you know, don't hesitate. Look me up. Um, you can talk more about your projects and, um, you know, just anything I can do to kind of make the, the transition up there and, you know, just help you show, show you around, like, whatever. He was just, like, super, super nice. And uh, from there, it's just, like, he's been kind of that mentor, you know, especially within this industry, just kind of um, understanding what it is not just from the design side, but just, like, the history. Um, he, like, he has a wealth of sports knowledge and um, just also super really well-respected. And, like, I knew they had done a lot of stuff, but I just didn't, I didn't realize, like, how many people they had touched and worked with and how well-known they are and, like, what that um, that connection and insight um, could do for me. So, again, just that, that, that favor and, you know, just being connected to the right people. Um, and then just the right people being very willing to share their time, resources, and, and, and knowledge. Um, so that group, when it came time to um, start applying for jobs, that you know, being able to have them one looking at my work, uh, especially when it came to my um, my thesis and my last year at, at at SCAD and all the research and the the, the styling and the, the um, critiques that they were able to kind of provide for that. Um, and then getting into um, applying for jobs and then, you know, asking them, hey, you know, can you write a recommendation? And sometimes, you know, the recommendation came because they knew people at that place or it was just um, just kind words that, you know, just say that, you know, she knows what she's doing, you know, she would be a, a good fit. But, you know, anything, you know, within that range, they, they were, you know, didn't hesitate to, uh, to provide that. So, you know, super grateful. Um, you know, for their insight, but then also just like putting their backing, you know, behind me, you know, because they didn't have to do that. Um, uh, so, you know, you know, super appreciated. And, you know, again, still to this day, um, you know, having that connection with them and, you know, still meeting up for lunches or meeting up at conferences. Um, you know, Todd and I, you know, we try to, you know, check in through Skype and every once in a while, just, you know, just talking about work and talking about, you know, life and next steps what I'm working on what he's working on um so it's just you know really cool they're like you know like family now you know I take trips to New York and my my mom and my grandma got to to meet them and now they're like Facebook friends I was like what it's crazy so <laughs> it's, it's really um it's you know it's really nice you know to have that network well, and, and, you know, one of the things that, that, again, you're talking about is dropping another nugget here. I mean, if you're uh, a point guard, you're dropping another dime um, for <laughs> for people listening, right? Because yeah. one of the things I keep hearing is that you, you really need a mentor, You need, but not just even a mentor, a team, uh, a support network, because yeah. I think what happens is people think they can do it on their own, and it's hard on your own. I'm not saying they can't do it, but it's hard. Yes, it's hard. So, final question here, uh, and this question, I, I, I want uh, you to talk to, you know, speak to people maybe who are about to come out of college and graduate, or maybe someone who's transitioning and maybe they're at a job and they're they're looking to go to that next level, and they look at you and they say, "Britt Davis has it all, perfect job, like we said, in the perfect city," <laughs> but it's not that simple, right? Yeah. You found your calling. You found your calling. If you could sum up the Britt Davis career philosophy 
what are two actual items that people can do today, not tomorrow, next, not next week. What are two things they can do today to get started? Um, I would say like stay creatively hydrated. So it's like, you know, your body needs water, you know, so, but your brain also needs, you know, creative fuel to kind of keep going. So, um, that could mean like passion project, um, a podcast, a book, reading an article a day, like just always kind of keeping your mind uh, in tune um, creatively so that you're always kind of ready to go. Like, um, and that kind of ties back into the, you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. But, you know, you're always hydrated, you're ready to go, your mind is sharp um, to where it kind of becomes, you know, effortless to where you see an opportunity, you see a project, you generate an idea and it's like, boom, go time, I'm ready. Um, and then I'd say, um, uh, I don't know, just having this sense of, you know, wanting to change culture, you know, there's always this sense of, you know, wanting to, you know, change the culture, because I think if we, we get too comfortable, you know, our work, you know, can suffer, um, but then it also doesn't do too much for, you know, the industry. It's like we, we become kind of stagnant. We, we're just like, you know, this is good the way it is, you know, but, you know, we don't to grow and that's not it's not just for us but it's you know again for the industry uh, as a whole so like challenging ourselves um and kind of pushing the limits of what is sports design you know is it defined by this treatment or this aesthetic or this style or can it be something else and i, I think we see pockets of it and i think that's where you really see the the teams and the people that do that kind of stay ahead of the curve and you know kind of push innovation and we kind of you know, some of us kind of follow, you know, behind and try to apply to our team, but just, you know, just kind of always in the spirit of, you know, changing the culture or, um, you know, that, that innovative uh, mindset, you know, looking beyond what other teams are doing and, you know, finding inspiration, um, you know, uh, in, in different places. Um, like, I think it was, uh, uh, I think it's Bruce Bethany Heck, and she presented, it was in the Creative South, or another, I've, I've heard her speak twice, but she was showing us some design samples that she had done, and one of them was inspired by the little sticker on the window of your car. Um, okay. It has, like, the details about the, the, the model and stuff, but it was, like, it had this really unique grid system and this type hierarchy, and she showed how that translated to a project that she did, and it was, like, not a direct grip, but you could totally see where that grid and that hierarchy started to come into place. And, wow. you know, it's just like, dang, like the stuff you don't even think about looking at, you know, she's zeroed in on because her mind, you know, is in tune about that, this, this change in culture and like looking for different ways to be inspired. And she was able to zero in on that and kind of create this, you know, this really nice, successful uh, um, composition. Um, so those were probably like the two biggest, at least okay. the ones that I, um, kind of really focus on and then like one one other like if I could throw in like a, a third one um especially with with students uh trying to graduate and you know get into the industry it's just always just, just show the work you want to do um yep you know I wanted to be in sports so I knew that while I was in school especially at SCAD that I had to build a portfolio around what 
these teams and these industries wanted to to see. I mean, I'm sure they would have loved to see my um, play made font and the experimental stuff I did with uh, quill pens and all that. But at the end of the day, like, can you communicate to this audience of fans and can you help us get more fans and can you help us communicate to these different um, types of people? And so I had to make sure that the, you know, my projects reflected that. So, um, and that, you know, again, curating my portfolio to, to reflect that. So that would be like the, the little bonus. You, know. so you threw in an extra one for us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Stay yeah. creatively hydrated. I absolutely love it. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, the people around me uh, know that I always say is that there's levels to it. And yeah. and I love, right? And I love talking to you because you break it down and you show that, that for people who have certain, you know, uh, uh, careers or doing certain things with their career, uh, all the things that go into it, obviously we know there's more you know, to that, but I really appreciate you coming through um, to share your knowledge. And I have to have you back because there's actually like several other things we didn't even get to today um, that I want you to come back and talk about. Will you come back and, and sit down with us again in the near future? Oh, yeah, fam, for sure. Just let, just let me know. We're going to make it. It won't take as long next time, I promise. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks, Brent. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. All right. That wraps it up. A couple of things before we get out of here. The Sports Creators Podcast is found on sportscreatorspodcast.com. I'm JF Hicks. You can find me using the handle at J-A-Y, the letter F, Hicks. That's J-F Hicks all over social media and the internet. Leave a comment or a question and I'll respond as soon as possible. Let's connect. Let's connect.